Yes, so it's my pleasure to introduce uh, today's speaker, Shumya Wang. This is her fourth year as a PhD student at Purdue, and she's going to talk about a topic that's very important for the use of the cloud when, uh, without having to trust cloud servers. Yes. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm Shumya, and uh, now I'm a PhD candidate working with Professor Atala. And today I'm going to present on my thesis topic, which is secure and private outsourcing to untrusted cloud servers. So, first I will um, present the motivation of outsourcing to cloud servers. And then um, I will present some techniques for general storage outsourcing and uh, the techniques for computing without sharing, just in case that some of you may not be familiar with the topic. And after that, I will present uh, our research problems on this, uh, which, which includes the shape-based feature extraction, the generalized matrix multiplication, and the server-aided secure and efficient co-design system. Why do people use remote servers? Uh, I think there are a lot of reasons. For the clients who have, uh, who have very limited storage or battery life, as sensors, smart card, and cell phones, they don't have the ability to store a large database locally. So that's the reason why they want to use Amazon's products as S3 and other NoSQL services. They want to store their data at, the, at a cloud server, and later they will access it, access their server, and to get back to retrieve their data. That's uh, the first case of outsourcing, which is called storage outsourcing. Okay. And another kind of server, we want to, um, do, to do computational outsourcing. Uh, and such servers, they are limited in their, in their computational power. They may like to use their, some products as a Google computer engine. And uh, with such products, they can, they can develop some code online and uh, input their, their in, input their data, and then the Google servers will do all the computational work and return their data, uh, return the results to the server, uh, to the clients. So that, that is called the com computational outsourcing. Okay. And uh, another kind of clients may be lacking of softwares or professional supports. So such servers uh, and such clients may want to use um, some products as APP Engine, which provides them many powerful developing tools and uh, SDKs. So I know a lot of companies that uh, hold, hold their online developing uh, hackathon every year just to encourage their uh, software engineers to use such cloud remote servers for development. And some clients may want to use a, a cloud server as a third party in their secure multi-party communication uh, setting. I will give examples of this in our research problems. Okay. So, uh, as we can tell that using the cloud servers has so many advantages, such as they can reduce their cost, and uh, it's very convenient, and they don't uh, even uh, have, they don't have to care about their, their SDKs and uh, their management of their databases. 
So, um, but a lot of clients are still not willing to use cloud servers. That's because they don't, they do not want to review their informations. So there are a lot of information reviews uh, in the in the cloud in the outsourcing setting to the server. It may it may review the confidential data of the clients, and it may also review the answer that the server helped to compute. And to the clients, it may review the confidential um, data of the servers if the computation also involves the server's database. And uh, it may also review other clients' data in a secure multi-party uh, multi computation case. So um, some clients are reluctant to review information because the input of their data may be some corporate uh, strategy or some confidential scientific results. I know that a lot of scientific labs, they produce data as their, uh, as big matrices, and they want to use the cloud server to perform some computation on the large matrices. But uh, they cannot uh, send that, send their matrix to Google because uh, they have, it's illegal to review their, their scientific results before publishment. So, and uh, also some clients, may feel of loss of control of their uh, private databases. Uh, and uh, some of them may want, do not want to use their cloud servers because of their queries. Maybe it will cause him some embarrassment or some lawsuits. Uh, now, uh, I'm going to present the techniques for secure storage outsourcing. As I mentioned before, in secure storage outsourcing, the clients want to store his data set uh, on the server side, and later he wants to uh, search over his database. But uh, he, uh, in this process, the, the clients do not want to leak his, uh, either the data or the query. So the first thing we can think about is uh, how to hide the data from the server. The, the client can do this. He encrypts the data and then sends the, da the database to the server. Uh, in this case, the server cannot see the data. But the question is, uh, if he encrypts all the data, then how could he search over it? So um, a technique well used is auto-preserving encryption. So in this technique, uh, their clients can encrypt uh, their data points with such encryption schemes, and after encryption, the ciphertext will be um, will be at the same sorted order as the plain text. So in this case, it will enable the the client to search even if it is encrypted. But as we can tell that this this kind of schemes can leak the uh, the order of the client's data. So it's some kind of leak, but it can protect of the, the, the data values, the real data values. And uh, another kind of techniques are, are tree-based. So in these kind of uh, techniques, the client's um, partitions its data, its data set uh, using, the, using techniques as KD tree and organize them as trees. 
and uh, he then the clients encrypts the tree node by node and send the whole tree to the to the to the server, and when the server and when the client want to want to search in the database, uh, he first fetches the root of the tree, and then he decrypts the root of the tree to see what informations are in the left subtree and what informations are in the uh, right subtree, and uh, he. He, because he knows his query, then he will follow the subtree that, contain, that contains his query and uh, go down level by level. So such techniques, uh, usually such techniques will involve uh, log n runs of uh, client-server interactions. Um, and another technique that is widely used is called uh, Basketization based uh, techniques, and uh, in the in such in such solutions, the database are partitioned are grouped into uh, many baskets, and uh, these will uh, use the clustering algorithm in machine learning, and uh, the cluster cluster the data points into groups, and uh, then divide the groups into baskets with bas basket IDs. And uh, they will store the basket information at the client side. So in in these solutions, the it will re, it will demand some storage at the club at the client side because he has to save some information for each basket. Uh, and uh, another way is to secrete a transform of the spatial data if the clients are. One, if the clients want to store spatial data, he can use some secret transformation functions of this data, transform them into real values. And uh, um, when they want to search, they just uh, uh, transform their queries. And uh, this will involve some functions as Hilbert functions, uh, which, which, will provide, which will provide the clients a way to query after, after transformation. Okay, uh, so related work to the secure storage outsourcing, I have a uh, uh, recommended reading is in the blog called uh, Outsourced Bits. There are articles on the blog and introduces the current context of secure storage, how to search after encrypting, like that. Okay, and for the secure storage outsourcing, there are many applications as uh, Emails. So uh, we all know that nowadays the uh, the email providers as Gmail they do not uh, encrypt our email contacts. So um, if you send somebody uh, an email, actually uh, the Google servers will store them in plain text. Uh, that's because uh, that's because this will enable us for quick search. Because in the email, we often search some keyword, so say um, homework, like that. So if you encrypt everything, then it's not easy for search. Uh, but such techniques in secure storage outsourcing, if the if, if efficiency of the, techniques, of the techniques can be improved, then we can apply them into uh, the, the, the email products, and uh, we can we can use them into the private privacy preserving data mining and the location dependent query processing for spatial data.
And here are some techniques for secure computational outsourcing. Um, this is also called server-aided computation because uh, in this process we are sending the input to the server, let the server compute, and then get, get back the results. So it's called server-aided computation. Uh, it's, it's similar. It's, in some ways, it's similar to the secure multi-party computation. Um, they have, because um, the computed answers of in both settings are of the same quality as if the private inputs had been fully shared. So they want the exact answers in this way. And uh, their other requirement is in, in both settings is nothing is revealed other than the agreed uh, other than the agreed upon computed answers. So they do not uh, reveal their input, all their answers that uh, uh, they do not want to share. So this, this is the same thing. But outsourcing has additional assumptions than secure multi-party computation. Uh, the assumption is they assume the clients are always weak. So the servers are powerful. We want to put uh, uh, heavy lifting we want the server does the heavy lifting and uh, minimize the client's, the client's work. And uh, uh, another requirement is that we have to decrease the communication cost. So uh, usually co constant round of interactions between the server and the clients is desired. That's why the tree-based techniques are not so popular because they, they, desire, uh, because they use uh, log, log round of interactions, it will cost much more time. And uh, so if we want the server to compute the values for us, we need the techniques to hiding the values while enabling the server computing. Uh, there are some techniques to hiding the value and uh, we will use these techniques in our approaches. So these are just uh, the building blocks. First, the first way to hide the value while enabling computing is uh, additively splitting and sharing. So if the clients uh, have, have a value x and he can sh uh, additively split it into two, two numbers. One is x prime, the other is x star prime, and the sum of them is x. So if one party has x prime, the another party has x star prime, they cannot get the value of x. But if they are willing to collaborate, then you can get x. So uh, more generally, a key and threshold scheming is that the value x is partitioned into n shares. And uh, mm, any more than key parties can recover x uh, very efficiently, and uh, any um, parties of less, any parties holding less than k shares cannot ca can cannot compute x. So that's the additive splitting scheme. And uh, another technique is the uh, homomorphic encryption. So in homomorphic encryption, the uh, the server can compute without. Uh, without seeing their true values. For example, there are two values, x and y, and uh, the clients can send e of x and the e of y to the server. Of course, the server does not have the decryption key. 
um, and the, the server can do a multiplication on the on the ciphertext of of them, and uh, which will give give the server the encryption of x plus y. So this is the uh, additive homomorphic encryption. There is another kind of homomorphic encryption called uh, called uh, multiplicative, which means it will give you the 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 product of x, the the encryption of the product of x and y. Okay. And uh, the third technique is secure circuit evaluation. Uh, this is a little complicated, so I will explain it into in the details. So the input of this is a function f and f x y, which this function is known to both party, and uh, x is the input of one party, that's the Alice, and y is the input of the other party, that's the Bob. So they want to compute f x y without leaking one party's input to the other. So how can we do this? First. Alice will build fx as a circuit. This circuit is um, just uh, look like the electronic circuit. So some circuit may look like this. I will use this. So for some gate and some XOR gate. So these are the wells input to the gates and uh, they may involve some other gate some other gate like this and like this so this is what uh, a circuit look like but uh, generally the the circuit for function is uh, looks more huge than this okay so alice built this circuit and then Alice choose two encodings for each well. So there are, um, in this example, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven wells. Alice should choose the encoding for each well. Let's say this is, uh, this well is, is called W. So Alice should choose a binary, random binary string as W0, which represents the zero value. And uh, another, W1 represents the one value for this well, just for this well. And for different different wells, he, uh, she just choose different uh, random, random strings. And this is how Alice represents a well. And for a gate, for any gate, uh, Alice, Alice store for four, value, four values for it. So let's uh, take an example as an add and the gate. There, let's say the input wells are U and V, and the output well is W. And uh, Alice store four values to represent uh, these gates, which are shown in the slides. Uh, so the first one is E with some message. Here I use OK, just denoting that the, uh, whether the decryption is successful or not. E, OK, and uh, Concatenate with uh, W1 with uh, and uh, uh, the encryption of this message with the key value U1 and V1. So why do we do this? It's because if some party has the encoding value of U1 and V1, 
let's uh, see here has u1 and v1, which means the input the input wells are of uh, is one and one. Then he can uh, he can use the these two strings as keys to try to decrypt all the four values. And we can see that they are encrypting with different keys, so only one of them can be decrypted. And by decrypted, um, it means it will show a message OK with some other random strings. And uh, we can see that if you use U1 and V1 to decrypt all these four values, uh, the first value, the first value will be successfully decrypted, and it will give you W1. So it you so you cannot know W zero in this way. You can only know W one, and uh, for the next gate, W one will be part of the key to decrypt for the next gate. So that's how it works. So uh, and this is the job at Alice's part. Alice just uh, choose the encodings and uh, and uh, represent each gate with four values, and then. Alice will send the the circuit, which means all the gate, all the gates to Bob, and Bob receives the encoded circuit, and he has to get the the encodings of all the input, and we know that the input has there are two kinds of input. One is from X Alice's input, the other represents uh, Y, which is Bob's input, so. For Alice's input, Alice can just hand Bob the encoding of her own inputs. Uh, because the encoding of the inputs will not leak the real value, Bob does not know the encoding of each while. So you send Bob, uh, if you send Bob U1, Bob will not know it's, it's U1 or U0 because they are randomly chosen. Okay. But for Bob's encoding, um, they have to perform an oblivious transfer to give Bob the encodings of his input. And uh, uh, we know that with oblivious transfer, uh, Bob can ask uh, Alice for either, let's say V is Bob's input. Bob, can, uh, Bob knows uh, the, the character V, the input should be one, but he can use oblivious transfer to ask Alice for U1 with uh, for V1 without uh, letting Alice know uh, which one which one U1 V1 or V2 Bob got. Okay, so and then Bob knows all the input to the circuits, and uh, then Bob Bob evaluates the circuit gate by gate, as I showed earlier, and uh, get the uh, get the Encodings of the output wires, output wires, and then um, they have to they work together to translate uh, what the meaning of the output wires to the values. This is how it works. So uh, the secure circuit provides us a tool to uh, to let two parties compu compute a function together without leaking their private <coughs> input. Okay, and now uh, we are ready to present uh, our research on the on outsourcing the ship-based feature extraction of images. So this problem is to find uh, where are the appearances of 
basic shapes in a given image. This is widely used in the computer vision for detection purpose. Uh, so, for example, uh, we can use this algorithm to detect specific shapes in a database of uh, satellite images. You can find where are the uh, street lines and where are circles in the images. And the current algorithms uh, involve heavy computational burden on on a local computer, if you use a computer to, if you use a laptop to compute, uh, to extract the shape-based features of an image, it may take you several minutes. Uh, here I presented a traditional ex, uh, a traditional extraction example. Uh, so the left. The left image is the original input image, so it's the image input into the system. And uh, our goal is to find uh, where are the street lines in this image. This is so. This problem is called uh, the extraction of the of the shape based features. So find the parameters of the uh, uh, find the parameters of the street lines. Um, so the traditional algorithm is called a half transform. First, it transforms the image into an accumulation array based on the parameter space. So we can see that the for street lines, there are two parameters to represent a street line in, in an image, which is the uh, row and the theta. And uh, uh, the, the, the formula looks like this. Row is equal to x sine theta plus y cosine theta, like that. So uh, we only need uh, two parameters to represent uh, a straight line. So in the, in the left part, uh, the image b, it's an uh, accumulation array. And the index of the array, the two indexes, uh, one is for row and one is for theta. And uh, for each row and the theta pair, for each row theta pair in this space, it represents a straight line in the image. And uh, uh, what the half transformation do is, for each cell in the array, uh, in the row theta, in the, in the row theta space, it counts how many uh, non-zero pixels are there on the corresponding straight line in A. That's how they uh, get the accumulation array. So let's take an example. Uh, if we can see uh, a, a white point in the row theta space, so in this in this uh, in this row theta space, the the lighter the color is, means the value uh, means the larger the value is. So it's a visualization. So we can see that the the most largest value is corresponding to uh, a row near to uh, corresponding to a parameter pair uh, as theta near zero and the row uh, near two hundred. And uh, if you if you draw this line on this picture, uh, on yeah on the left side picture, you will see that this is the uh, vertical line. And uh, the other the other white point in the root space is corresponding to the other line. 
So uh, it's just a mapping from an image to the um, parameter space uh, of a to yeah to the parameter space of straight lines. So uh, the claim here is for this algorithm, each local maximum cell in the accumulation array is corresponding to a straight line in the image with parameters as their indexes in the array. Um, so in this case, we can uh, reduce the problem to find a straight line into finding maximum cells inside an array with real values. And, uh, uh, and this is how we can outsource this process to the servers. Because as we can see, in, in this uh, transformation process, it will involve a lot of computation. We have to count for each row theta parameter. So if you choose, uh, if you want the result to be, to be concise and uh, you want you will uh, need a dense Rosetta space. It will uh, needs a, yeah. It will needs a lot of work to compute each to compute each cell in the accumulation array. So because it requires um, so much computational burden, um, that's the mo motivation we want to outsource. We want to uh, outsource the image to. Uh, a Google to a Google Cloud server and let the server to find where other street lines for us. Here, uh, we do the outsourcing with two cloud servers. And first, the clients, uh, here in the picture, I show it as a data owner because there may be a lot of clients, uh, they can, they, they all can access their results, but uh, um, in the picture I show, show a data owner, which means which is the clients who original has their image, and uh, their um, their data owner first additively splits their image into two shares. Here, um, it is he splits their image pixel by pixel. For and for a pixel with number zero, he split it into two values, and the sum of them is, uh, yeah, the sum of them is, uh, the sum of the two shares are same as the original image. So uh, he he splits the images into two shares, and sends one to each server. Now each server gets uh, an image. But this image is meaningless because it's already splitted, and uh, each each pixel looks like a random number. So um, the server cannot get any information about the image by seeing the seeing one share, and then each server performs a half transformation on its own share, and uh, obtains an accumulation array according to its share. Uh, this. This process is just as described before. Uh, they, they just perform the half, the half transformation for each cell in the uh, accumulation array, and uh, they count and they just sum the pixel, the value of the pixels on the straight line with the parameter. Then now the server, the two servers, each of them has an accumulation array. But we know that the sum of the two arrays are, the, are actually the accumulation array for the original image. And they want, 
and the problem is they want to find the local maximums in the sum of the two arrays. And then uh, in the third step, uh, uh, and um, we know that to to check whether uh, a cell is uh, a, to to check whether a cell is a local maximum or not, uh, it needs to compare it with all its eight neighbors in the in the in the in the array, and uh, so the each server prepares. Um, a three by three submatrices for each cell, which with including it at the center and its neighbors uh, surrounding it. And uh, uh, they prepare such matrices for uh, every cell, and then they perform a a blend and permute protocol on protocol on these sequences on these two sequences. Um, I will not go to the details of blend and permute protocol, but uh, I I will present the result of it. So um, if you inputting if each party uh, inputting a sequence of uh, if if each party in uh, inputting a sequence of three by three matrices, and uh, the output of the blend and permute protocol will give you will give each party. Uh, also a sequence, and uh, this the outputting sequence is a permutation on the inputting uh, on the inputting sequence. Uh, While well, the permutation is neither known to the first server or the second server, so it, it's it's like a permute it's like a, uh, permute the sequence for you without letting you know the the permutation, but. Um, Associated with each element in the sequence, it will provide it will provide you the encryption of its original index in the sequence. So, for example, if a cell is is uh, its order in the if if a uh, matrix its order its order in the original sequence is. Uh, three. It may after the after executing the blend and the permute protocol, the order is the order of it can be any number in the resulting sequence. But associated with it, there will be an encryption of three. And this key, uh, they, they should use uh, a key known only to the clients, so the servers uh, do not know the key of the encryption. And the decryption of inside the blend and permute protocol. Okay, and after that, uh, the server has to check uh, whether a cell is a local maximum or not. So, uh, um, they do this by the secure circuit evaluation protocol we just presented, and uh, uh, I will give you the detail. So here are the examples of uh, of two. Uh, here is an example of. Uh, a three by three matrix shared by uh, the two parties, and uh, the coupled circuit protocol uh, to evaluate whether A five plus B five is greater than all its neighbors is like look like this, and the equal is just the equal <coughs> is is just the check, uh, equal function of the circuit, and um, um, the results the this. This circuit will give us a binary 
binary results, which means whether a5 plus b5 is greater than all its neighbors. So, so the server 1 and the server 2 um, perform such um, circuit evaluation protocol for each, uh, each sub-matrix and find whether the uh, centering cell is a local maximum or not. If it is, then this dollar encryption of its original index in the matrices. And uh, if it is not a local maximum, they just uh, discard the their matrix, their small matrices. Okay. So um, they collect all the submatrices uh, with their index with their index information that have uh, have a local maximum central cell and then at the at last the clients can interact with any server to get back the results because the client knows the key to decrypting the indices in the sequence so he can get back the indexes in the original matrix and uh, this will give them the the row theta of the street lines. And here is uh, another research problem which, which is how to outsource <coughs> how to outsource generalized matrix multiplication. The input to this problem is two uh, n by n matrices A and B which are holding by one client and uh, he wants to use only one server uh, to compute the product, the generalized product of A and B denoted by C with uh, the multiplication defined by min plus plus min or min max. Uh, and uh, the plus times uh, multiplication is known as the traditional multiplication. So in, the traditional, in a traditional multiplication, uh, any elements in C, let's say CIG, is the inner product of the vector of the of the i row of A and the jth column from B. So, and the inner product is is defined as the sum of the uh, products of the of each aligned pairs. And uh, uh, in our generalized product. In our generalized product, we define the, we just uh, modify the definition of the inner product. For, the, for each inner product of two uh, vectors, the mean plus inner product is the minimum, the, the minimum of the uh, sum of each aligned pairs. So, and uh, um, similarly, we can define the other two. And I think uh, mean plus is uh, more popular used as in the uh, in the all all pairs shortest path. Uh, so in the in the algorithm to compute the uh, all pairs shortest path of a graph, we use uh, some we use the we use this mean plus multiplication to iterate uh, on the input uh, on the input uh, matrix. 
So uh, this is well used. So in this talk, I will only introduce how we um, compute the mean plus. And the other two uh, are similar, but with different, but with different functions. And you can, if you are interested, you can check it, check, check it in the paper. For mean plus multiplication, the clients in in this protocol, the clients performs a test for each possible value of the cell in the result C. So the uh, we have a range of all the possible values, and we call it a, a sigma. Uh, this is this is a parameter to our protocol. So the clients check for each possible value. Uh, the, so a test is performed for all values from zero to two sigma minus two, and the test uh, for value t is like this. Um, for each cell, for each for each cell in uh, A, uh, we expand we expand it into a row vector with sigma length because uh, this is just uh, written it uh, written it uh, as so this is just uh, uh, written written it if uh, as, as a vector of size. Uh, sigma, and uh, if uh, if the alig is uh, one, then um, uh, if the l plus ai the cell is less than uh, the, the threshold t, then we set the uh, al the bit to be one. Otherwise, we set it to be zero, and we do this for b, but we expand it in a column fashion, and we can uh, prove that. Uh, if we compute C, uh, T, T is the, T means the, expand, uh, the ex expansion uh, according to the value T. Uh, if we compute C, T equal to A, T uh, multiply B, T, this is the traditional multiplication. And uh, then uh, uh, a cell in C equals to zero if and only if the mean of the cell in the expanded value, uh, if and only if the minimum cell in the expanded value is greater than t. So, um, in the in this case, the uh, client will check whether c t i g is equal to zero or not. So, uh, it will put it will set the smallest t. What that keeps uh, the smallest v such that c v i g is not zero. So in this case, the, uh, after performing uh, the, this test protocol for all the t values, it will give us the um, the minimum of the summation of uh, the corresponding vectors in A and B. Okay. Here is. Um, Another recent work on server-aided secure co-designing. So in this problem, we want we have two companies. We call them Alice and Bob. They are co-designing a system like this. So Alice is responsible for designing the suspension system of a car, and Bob is responding to this to uh, to design the tires of a car, and they want. 
uh, each of the party has some uh, has some par parameters as denoted in the in the right half of the picture. So Alice has KFS and BF. These are just some parameters of um, of the mechanical system, and they want to find out whether their design can work together. So uh, this can be checked. This can be checked by uh, checking a set of conditions on the on the stability matrix and the observation matrices. And uh, these two matrices are, uh, in mechanical engineering are written in these parameters shown in the picture. And these, we know that we have two, two sets of parameters. And uh, they want to compute uh, some matrix together and then check whether it is a full rank matrix or whether all, whether all the uh, eigenvalues of the matrix is negative. That's what they want to check. If uh, it's full rank, and the negative, uh, and the, uh, all the eigenvalues are negative. Then they can, uh, and then they can. They, they know that the system is stable and uh, it works. Um, here is the our security assumption about this. Uh, co-designing system, we assume that adding a large value to a, uh, adding a large random to a value has the value. And uh, multiplying a uh, non-zero value by a large random has the value. So, and uh, um, at the beginning of the protocol, Alice and Bob first perform an additive split protocol for all the pri private input. Because we know that the the stability matrix is based on the parameters, and uh, the parameters uh, are holding by two parties. So first of all, they additively share the, all the parameters by performing an uh, additive split protocol. And then uh, we, provide, we provide a set of arithmetic protocols, uh, and uh, they are designed as building blocks enabling Alice and Bob computes on split data with help from a cloud server. And these building blocks uh, provide uh, Alice and Bob compute uh, as, as uh, addition, uh, subtraction, multiplication, uh, division, and uh, ex explanation. And also, uh, it enables them to uh, compute a split data to uh, compare a split data to zero to check whether it's greater than zero or less than zero. And um, it, it has been proved that uh, such arithmetic such protocols are complete in a computer system, which means if you can do uh, the additions uh, and the multiplication and the comparing uh, with zero. If you can do such operations inside a system, then by uh, then uh, by reducing other other problem other uh, computations to them, uh, you can compute every every comp every uh, operation in the in a computer. So. Uh, then we provide uh, uh, we pro 
then we provide high-level protocols to reduce the computation to a sequence of such building blocks. And we can reduce a full rank check um, by Gaussian elimination. And uh, on each step, we use some arithmetic protocols. Uh, and uh, we can also and we can also uh, reduce our problem of negative definiteness check into a set of uh, in, into a set of protocols to compute the uh, determinant of matrices. And we know that the determinant of of uh, matrix can be written as a polynomial of the of of the elements inside of the matrix. So. Uh, because we can do the arithmetic operation, then we can evaluate the polynomial and check whether it is negative or not. And uh, uh, we implement this, we implement all the uh, building blocks, and uh, the, uh, then, we, uh, then we do the uh, high-level computations by calling the, the functions of them, and then we uh, can check, we checked this system, uh, and we test that uh, for some values given by Alice and some values given by Bob. We test whether their system works or not. And uh, this is very fast due to, uh, according to our experiments, we can do this system uh, in about uh, one, 100 microseconds. So it's very fast. So that's our work on the co-designing system. Okay, that's all. And questions? Just including some references, I think, uh, to the papers and yes. um, and um, but okay. this, you know this is okay. This is uh, I will add uh, the reference papers uh, to the slides and then put it online. Online, yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that that's very nice. Uh, very nice work, uh, Shumiao. So she will finish in four years. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.